Welcome to the Eyewitness Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Jo Wilson, and this is the show for women who struggle to accept their worth, but want to embrace their gifts and share their witness for Jesus. We have a great show today about tragedy that shakes faith. Our guest is Jenny Levitt, a pastor's wife, mother, author, and follower of Jesus. Jenny is amazed by God's reach to rescue broken, hurting people and has witnessed God's faithfulness through shattering loss. Jenny's passion is encouraging others to lean into Jesus during life's ups and downs. Jenny lives in Florida with her husband of nearly 30 years, Myron, and her dog, Molly, who thinks she's a cat. <laughs> Welcome to the Eyewitness Podcast, Jenny. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Great, great. So today, uh, we just want to talk through a little bit of your journey and your struggle with the tragedy that happened to your family. And, uh, you know, like I said, you can um, just share whatever you feel comfortable sharing and let our listeners know a little bit more about you, about your family, just to just kind of let them know a little bit more about you. Well, I became a Christian when I was 15, met my husband when I was 16, and we got married when I was 18. So very young. Um, both of us came out of... Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, it is. Um, both of us came out of families that our parents were married for a long time, but we both had at least one parent that battled with some addictions. So we both carried some baggage into our our marriage. Um, and, you know, then getting married young, obviously there was uh, some immature issues, you know, some maturity issues that we had to work on together and grow together. And then, you know, we both just fell in love with Jesus in our, like I said, in our late teens. So God has a way of reaching in and kind of changing your life's plans. And neither one of us really planned on being in the ministry when we were growing up, but God had some other plans. So we've been in some form of ministry pretty much all of our adult lives. This is the third church that he has pastored, that we're pastoring right now. Um, we've also assisted with youth ministry for years and years back in our home church. That's actually where we were um, in our home church in Jacksonville, assisting with the children's ministry at the time when the accident happened um, back in oh, 2015. Okay. Yeah. So... That's pretty cool that you guys met whenever you were in high school and that you're like high school sweethearts, you know, because you guys have been married for what, about 30 years now. That's great. We just celebrated our 29th, our 29th on, on Monday, this past Monday, just to celebrate our 29th. Aww. Yeah. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. Actually, he's four years older than me. So, um, so I was a senior in high school and he was... Okay, well, yeah. So he was in the military <laughs> when I met him. <laughs> I was trying to do the math in my head. Didn't work out that well. But Oh, no worries. Yeah, no. He was 20-something. <laughs> yes. That's what we could say. Um, so yep. that's great. So you guys are high school sweethearts celebrating your anniversary. That's great. So you were into the ministry, which is funny because I agree with you. God definitely works in very mysterious, funny ways. Like you said before the accident, so when you guys were into the ministry, so you had 
you had some struggles. You had you had some things that you had to to fight through. Do you want to just talk about that a little bit? Talk about some of those major struggles that you had to that really shook that faith, shook your faith. Probably the first really big struggle was I was only 22 years old, you know, married just a few years, already had two our two boys by then. When I got a phone call on a Friday afternoon, I had recently had our youngest, Jacob, in November of 97. And ever since then, I'd been having a lot of weird symptoms that, you know, they kept trying to blame it on postpartum issues. or, But it was like hmm. weird things, like one pupil would dilate while the other would stay large, yeah. and then they would flip. So it was like really weird symptoms. Right, right. It wasn't your normal postpartum symptoms. And I never had anything like that with our oldest son anyway. So anyway, finally, after I started like passing out and mm. what really got them looking was I got jaundice. Um, and, you know, so that that's when they really started taking me seriously. And but I was still, I was only 22 when I got a call on a Friday afternoon and, and the doctor, the specialist said, I hate to tell you this over the phone, but timing is critical. So I have to tell you over the phone that the test came back and it's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. And, you know, I was 22, totally naive. I said, I don't even know what that is. Right, right. And he said, it's cancer. Mm. And... It is in every lymph node in your chest, like your chest is full of, full of it. And um, he felt pretty confident that what they thought was a tumor in my pancreas was in fact the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma metastasizing down to my pancreas. So, you know, I was only 22 and I think that was probably the first time that my faith was really tested and rocked. Yeah. Um, you know, I gave my life to Christ when I was 15. So I, I thank God that God had led me into a good Bible believing church where, so in that, in that time period, I didn't realize it, but God was putting some foundational truths in me that he knew that I was going to need. Like for instance, when I became a believer, and I really think that one of the reasons why God gave me the scripture I'm about to share as a new believer was partly because of my upbringing. My parents were together, but it was rough. Mm -hmm. And one of the scriptures that really in those first years before the cancer really just was like an anchor for me was where Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Mm -hmm. And as much as I loved that scripture, I didn't realize how much I needed that anchor until I was going through cancer. And there were some times, I mean, my husband, God bless him, he was there as much as possible. And he has continued to be throughout the years as I go back for treatments and cancer scares and all kinds of stuff. He's continued to be there. But the one constant through it all has been that Jesus has always been there. He's never left me, never forsaken me. And when I look back, it seems like through all these different seasons of my life and the different things that we've gone through, it seems like there was always some verse that God was speaking to my heart ahead of time that like, I didn't even know why he was giving me that one to kind of focus on. Yeah. Um, but he's just so good and so, so faithful like that to prepare us even when we don't know that that's what he's doing. 
you know, sure. giving us that little kernel of truth to hold on to. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That had to be, that had to be scary, especially young, um, especially, you know, 22, new mom, you're just trying to kind of navigate yeah. that, you know, well, with two, two young boys and then, you know, getting the call and, um, I, you know, that verse has always stuck with me as well. I could totally understand how it can resonate there with you too. I, I love that you had that to, to carry with you. I had, um, a similar, similar scare too. I was different, a little bit different, but got the call too, and then had to have a surgery as well. That was also cancerous. It was cervical cancer though. And a similar thing, the fear that grips you is so inexplainable because, and it's more so for everyone else. I felt like, did you feel like that? Like you like look at your, your boys and your husband and your, and your like, I, I can't imagine, like, I, I, I have to be here for them. I think the scariest part for me though, was the, was the PET scan. That was probably the scariest part for me because it was like going into that. It's like where, you know, so they know that it's there. Um, it may be a little bit different for you just because of the nature, the type that um, you had. But for me, it was like, you know, is it everywhere or is it just in this one spot? So for me, you know, but don't want to focus too much on that. But I can I can absolutely understand a little bit that that fear that you had. So what a great verse to carry you through, you know, mm -hmm. That, that, um, that fear was so, I mean, I totally agree with you. The fear I had settled it with Christ. So I felt confident that if God chose to take me home, I knew I was going to make heaven my home. My fear right. was my boys. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I would be like, God, we have a three-year-old and a baby. How is Myron going to do this? Like, I know he's a, he's a tough man and everything, but that's a lot. And that's yeah. actually a big part of my testimony. I've shared lots of, lots of times over the years with other moms is I remember one night and this was in the throes of all the treatments. I had six months of chemo treatments and 56 radiation treatments. So somewhere in the middle of all that, in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep. You know, my mind was just whirling with all that fear over the boys. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going to happen to them if I die? And because, I mean, I found out later that I had stage four. I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that the prognosis wasn't very good. And mm -hmm. uh, I just remember I went out in the living room in the middle of the night. And I said, God, I am not leaving until I get some peace from you about our boys. I can't keep living in this fear. I just can't. And I don't know, it was probably an hour, hour and a half that I just kept like wrestling with God about that and just praying. And, and there is no other way to describe it, which the Bible actually says that peace that passes all understanding, you can't describe it. It was like this peace just settled on me and God spoke that, that quiet, still voice that he does. And he said, they're mine. Oh. I love them even more than you do. They're mine. I'm going to mm. take care of them. And there was such a peace that just like settled over me that, I mean, I kid you not, even as they were growing up, you know, obviously I survived the cancer. And as they were growing up, 
There were times when looking back, I probably should have been scared at some of the things they were doing <laughs> and some of the places they were going. But it's like that peace carried with me. It was, it, I wrestled with God about that and he gave me that peace and that, that stayed with me and was a staying oh. factor. And actually the night of the accident, um, that was crucial mm. in, in me receiving the news about our boys. That was actually a reference point that God, I have no doubt that he's the one that brought that back to my, my remembrance. Um, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm. That is intense mm -hmm. to hear, but it is, it's, it's very difficult to describe unless you have experienced it. The peace, like when you should be writhing, you're still, and it's only him that can really do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. I think that it's interesting, like you said, how he prepares you in a way with the verse that he carries you through, like before, before going through the actual thing that you're going to go through, like the, so get through cancer, mm -hmm. get through all of that. And then you had said, so mm -hmm. having that peace and him telling you they're mine and you know that he's going to hold them in his hands. Why don't you tell me what happened with later? So, so in a way that was preparing you for the next thing, right? The accidents, like I said, you don't have to go into a ton of detail, but what happened with the accident and how did your heart, how did you handle that? Like you said, it brought it back that remembrance. Well, in the, in the interim, because I've been cancer free since November of 1998. Oh, praise Jesus. Um, and the accident happened in August. August. Yeah. <laughs> the accident happened in August of 2015. So in that interim of what is that? Like 17 years or so, another verse that kind of, I, when I look back in my life, it's kind of the verse that held those years together is it, a lot of people know it. It's the Romans eight twenty eight. how God works all things together for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose, because so many times over those cor the course of those years, we saw how, even though this side of eternity, we may never understand exactly why I had to go through cancer. We've seen how God has used it for good. There have been so many times that a coworker of somebody from the church, our pastor, somebody will be like, Hey, I just met so-and-so and they just found out they have cancer. Would you guys mind talking to, to them? Or, Hey, I know so-and-so and his wife, it's not looking very good. Can both of you talk to them? Cause I think the husband could benefit from Myron talking to, to them too. You know, from times like that to uh, just being able to see God work good out of it. And then there, and there was also an interim time where my husband broke his back. I mean, horribly. He's had two back surgeries since then. And in that time period, my husband, who's a very hard worker and has one of the strongest work ethics that I know of, was sent home because he wasn't allowed to work for almost a year and a half. And we lost everything. We had two houses. We had cars. We lost everything. So in that interim we even saw God work those things for good because during that time of literally being homeless, we were able to look back 
can draw from the times that we, God brought us through cancer. My husband would even say, God brought us through that. He's going to bring us through this. Like we were able to look back and use that as a reference point. So even those things in our life being that scripture, I kind of feel like that was the overall theme for that period of our lives. And all those things combined to lead us up to the greatest time of trial that in our lives. So on Saturday, August 29th, 2015, our, all, all four of us, our whole family, had been volunteering at our church in Jacksonville. My husband and I, with the youth, they were doing a special event, like for the community. And my husband and I were involved with the youth, and our oldest son was actually in the event, and our youngest son, it was his first time being in the um, lights and sound ministry. He was so excited. And when you're when you volunteer like that, you're the first ones there. You're the last ones to leave, you know. So we, we had just gotten home, but it was super late. It was almost midnight. And we got a call from actually our pastor's wife because they drove home a similar way from us, asking us if we knew where the boys were at. And, you know, when you're faced with something like that, even with a cancer diagnosis, sometimes that, like, shock and kind of numbness can be like, no, that happens to other people. That doesn't happen to me. That doesn't happen to us. So to make a long story short, our boys were in our oldest son's Ford Escape, and they were hit by a drunk driver. Um, uh-huh. And our youngest son, Jacob, who was 17 at the time, Caleb was 20, Jacob was 17. Jacob died on the scene, and Caleb almost died. Uh, oh, my. I, to this day, I'm so grateful for the first responders uh, that were there. It was a dark, dreary night, like drizzling rain out in the middle of the country, so not a well-lit intersection. And without them getting there quickly and getting them in, um, we would have lost him, too. It was still touch and go with him for yeah, at least oh a couple weeks. He was in a coma. Um, for eight or nine days, he, he's had so many surgeries that like, we have to start with the top of his head and work down to the bottom of his feet to remember everything that was wrong. Um, and it really, he really, he's a miracle when people see him now, they can't believe it. Cause he just barely has a limp when he walks and he's got so much titanium in him. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> he, you know, came home in a wheelchair and a, and a sea collar and, is walking right. today, you know? So, um, so yeah, all those, all those lessons that we learned kind of converged all in that time frame, where that was instrumental in how we were able to heal and process is looking back in our lives and seeing God's hand of faithfulness and seeing how he prepared us even when we didn't know he was preparing yeah. us. All those lessons that we learned, that was because he knew what was coming. People that he had placed in our lives are mm. one of our dear friends in um, the fellowship of churches that we're in. And he's like a mentor, almost like a grandfather to us. Our pastor's pastor, he's in his 80s. And him and his wife, they lost their daughter when she was 15, like 40 years ago. And we knew that about him. He talks about it frequently, you know, when he's preaching. And um, so things like that, that God had put into our lives and we didn't realize the significance of it. 
um, until you're going through that. And even then, I'm right. I'm I'm condensing months of even years of healing after the accident. You know, things that God helped us work through, deep uh. wounds. You know that that He had to heal. And some of these lessons that we learned and some of these people that God had placed in our lives were instrumental in that healing. And some of those verses that I shared with you already, they came back around where we were like, okay, all right, you said you would never leave us. You said that, that you're going to work all things for good, all things, God. So you're not a liar. If you said you're going to work them all for good, yeah, we don't see it right now, but somehow there's some, you're going to bring some good out of this somehow, because you're a man of your word. You're faithful. You've proven to us that you're faithful in our times of homelessness and yeah. our facing cancer in me lifting the boys up to you earlier when I told you that that was going to be, I didn't realize how much me wrestling with God about that. Yeah. And finally, like surrendering and getting that peace. The night of the accident, um, when Myron got that phone call in our house, he went um, to the accident scene. And he didn't tell me this until a lot later. But he was really, in the back of his mind, he was thinking, if it is the boys, I don't really want her to yeah. be there until I know what to expect. You know, so even in the middle of that, like he was trying to shield me just in case. And um, so what he did when he found out that it was our boys is he sent one of my good friends, who's also um, mm -hmm. our assistant pastor's wife, out to our house to pick me up and take me. And in that time frame when I knew she was about 20 minutes away, <sighs> when I knew she was on her way, I was just pacing back and forth in the kitchen and the dining room, just pacing and trying to pray. Mm -hmm. and And I was like, at this point, all we knew was that it yeah. was our boys. We didn't know anything about their status, nothing. And so, you know, I was just like trying to pray and I couldn't wrap my mind around it, couldn't get my mind to focus. And I finally, I, rem I still remember I was stopped right by the dining room table and I said, God, you know what? Enough. If you told me all those years ago that they were your boys and that you loved them even more than I do, then I'm going to have to take you at your word that you still love them more than I do, which I can't fathom, but okay. And so God, I'm choosing, I'm going to choose right now to trust you. And I'm just going to put it back in your hands that even if, even if it are, is our boys, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you that you said you love them even more than I do. Mm. And once again, that peace came over me where I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt even even all these seven years later, I can still feel that peace when I talk about that time because God knew yeah. I needed that anchor because he knew that Jacob was already gone. I didn't know that, but he knew that. And he knew that I was going to need that anchor. Um, so once again, you know, it was just those little, those little times where those little nuggets, um, sometimes I have told people when I'm talking to them, like, don't discredit those little times that yeah. God plants those little seeds in your life. Hold on to them with everything that you've got because you don't know why he's putting that there. You know, I, our God, our God is so good. I think it's, I think there's so many multiple reasons he does it. It can be to heal past wounds, past insecurities, areas where we don't feel like we deserve his love or his care. 
but then it can also be for something in the future that he knows is coming that we don't know. I hope you enjoyed today's show. This is part one of my conversation with Jenny, and you can find the blog post version of this episode at eyewitnesspodcast.com. Our show today is brought to you by the Wilson Shop on Etsy. Beautiful designs and encouraging words can change the world. If you're looking for positive Christian-inspired messaging on your favorite apparel, journals, and home decor, visit thewilsonshop.com. If this episode encouraged you, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast app or at podchaser.com. I'm so grateful for this time with you and thank you for listening.